at the end of the day, the prospect needs to see a clear benefit, a clear end benefit to them, and I need to see that very quickly. So the question to ask is, how will these offerings enhance their lives, the lives of the end user? How will it help them and their business, for instance? Why should my prospect pay attention to this? Welcome to Marketing Builder, the show where you'll get lots of little bricks of marketing advice to help you build up your marketing and your business. Drawing on over 20 years of marketing experience, your host, Daniel Oyston, will dive into a topic and provide you with short, sharp and to-the-point marketing advice that you can apply to your marketing straight away. Welcome to Marketing Builder. Let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, legends, pumped to have you joining me for this episode of Marketing Builder and also Peter Ring from Altitude Brands. That's the voice you heard at the start of the show. And Peter has been the creative architect of over 100 brands and brand experiences, and he joins us to answer another of our listener questions. Now, this episode is the fourth in an eight-part series answering listener questions. And while this show is released every two weeks, for those listeners who have submitted questions, what I'll do for you when I'm organized enough in advance is I'll send you a copy of the show prior to release so you don't have to wait any longer for some of that expert advice that you're looking for. Speaking of expert advice, for each listener question submitted, each of the eight, they will be a whole episode each, a dedication. And I've invited some of the amazing marketers in my network to come on the show and provide some different points of view and advice for you. You'll also remember that I mentioned I'm giving away a copy of Bob Regneris's book, the fourth edition of The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising. And to be eligible, all you had to do was hit me up with a marketing question to answer on the show. So one of the eight people who have submitted a question will win that book and I'll announce the winner at the end of this eight-part series and get the book in the post to them quick smart. As such, time for our fourth listener question and it comes from Jackie Choose from Nurturing Your NDIS and Jackie asks, what are the best ways to create a name for my online program which is appealing to new disability sector business owners across Australia? As I said, Peter Ring from Altitude Brands who has been the creative architect of over 100 brands and brand experiences joins us now to help answer Jackie's question. Here's Peter. Pete, welcome back to the show. And I say back because regular listeners will remember you from the great chat that we had uh, around branding back in episode 30. For those that haven't heard that episode, you should really go and check it out. There's some great stories and some great examples in that one. But Pete, before they do that, can you tell us a little bit about how Altitude Brands helps clients? I like to say to my prospects that I make the invisible visible. That's my job. So certainly I do that from a branding standpoint. And how I do that is I distill where a business excels. So I I draw out their positives and then I promote that um, or exploit that through their brand proposition, um, which ultimately hopefully creates relevance and resonance and and customer engagement. Uh, So essentially what I do is um, I just, I distill the positives. I distill the unique benefits that are, our business provides, and then I communicate that to the market. As we know, part of branding is coming up with the name for a business or maybe a product or service. And this episode's listener question asks about coming up with a name. And the question comes from Jackie Choose, who has a business called Nurturing Your NDIS. However, Jackie has asked, quote, what are the best ways to create a name for my online... I'll just do that little bit again... Quote, what are the best ways to create a name for my online program, which is appealing to the new disability sector business owners across Australia? So, Pete, 
Obviously, Jackie already has a business name, but needs something for her offerings underneath that umbrella business name. When people are faced with this situation, what should they do? How can they push forward? Because this is different to coming up with a brand name for a business that you can build an identity around. It kind of feels like the name of the program should be maybe fairly descriptive. Yes, yes, yes. But more importantly, it needs to be relevant, resonant, engaging and motivating. So I would put descriptive pretty pretty well below that list. At the end of the day, the, the prospect needs to see a clear clear benefit, a clear end benefit to them. And I need to see that very quickly. So it can't be in the body copy. It has to be in the in the title. Um, so the question to ask when you're, when you're um, writing the names for these programs is how will these offerings enhance their lives, the, the lives of the end user? How will, it, how will it help them and their business, for instance? Um, why should my prospect pay attention to this? If it was just a descriptor saying, oh, this is a curriculum item and it does this and it does that, and um, it's going to be a bit boring and, and uh, they're not going to necessarily engage with it. Um, and it also has to connect on an emotional level. You know, I have to feel like I want to um, spend my time and my investment and whatever else it is on this um, on this program. Um, so the thing I would say to you is, um, if it's not effective, as in emotionally effective, then it's not going to be effective. And this is why you know branding is an art. You need to distill the end benefit to the consumer and then tailor your message to that uh, to that consumer. Jackie has an existing program she's trying to name. Let's say she follows all that great advice and she ends up having an amazing name, but then she has multiple online programs or services that she offers that that kind of hang together. Should the whole approach to naming them as a suite, should that whole approach feel like they belong together, as in there's similarities across naming, or does that not really matter too much? It matters, but it matters uh, in the reverse, to be honest, because it really has to be tailored to the target market. So if the target market is linked, if all if, if your whole target market is going to be wanting uh, your whole suite of programs, then by all means have a family feel to them. Um, but if you have different target market markets for different programs, then you have to align your branding to those um, those target markets. Um, there's, t- there's two um, brand uh, strategies, if you like, or... Um, uh, conventions and um, one is called the branded house. And so if you think of a, a company like Virgin or Apple, they have a branded house where the house is the hero brand. So you've got you know Apple iPhone and and um, and all these other products uh, that come out of Apple, Apple and MacBook and so forth. Um, and you've got Virgin Airlines and Virgin Blue and Virgin um, Insurance and so forth. Um, so the brand, the mother brand, is always the hero, supported by the services, and that's all very good if you if you're trying to target one particular type of uh, target market um, type. Um, if all programs are separate, i.e. they are targeting different markets, then the, the naming should also be separately aligned to the individual target markets. And that's known as the house of brands model. So if you think of Cadbury, for instance, um, you might, Daniel, love Turkish Delight, and you know my favourite is Crunchy. Um, so we've got very different tastes in what we like, but all come from the same quality supplier. So the mother brand is Cadbury, but it's it's not a hero. The hero is Turkish Delight or Crunchy. So you and and it's got a different flavour and, and a different communication to to that particular market. Um, so always keep in mind alignment, um, and then and then deliver that consistently with the needs of your target market. That's that's my advice there.
While Marketing Builder is the name of this podcast, it's also the name of an awesome product that can help you sort through all the fluff of marketing advice out there and focus on the important stuff. Marketing Builder is a card-based system supplemented by online video lessons that walks you through, step-by-step, the most important things in a marketing plan, such as buyer personas, pipeline analysis, objectives, strategy, goals, budgets, and the fun and sexy stuff, the marketing tactics. And there's over a hundred of them for you to consider using. The card sorting process results in a visual representation of your marketing, where you can easily see how people will engage with your marketing as they move from awareness through to a customer or client. Whether you're a small business owner trying to develop a marketing plan that you can actually use and are confident in on that very limited budget, or a seasoned marketer wanting others in your organization to have real buy-in and engagement with your marketing, then Marketing Builder is perfect for you. Visit marketingbuilder.net for more information. Now, the reason you're listening. Let's head back to the show. If we look at courses, sometimes we might find, or maybe online programs, sometimes we might find that we offer something very, very similar or maybe even the same as other businesses. How do we name those? Does it really matter too much in that instance if there's already programs with a really similar name out there? So if people are doing research and they find something similar and and it's got a good name, does it matter if they really name it the same? I mean, there's lots of people that offer uh, an RSA course, for example, a Responsible Service of Alcohol course, and they just call it that or a Diploma of Management or something. Does that hinder or help them or are they missing an opportunity to differentiate? Exactly, your last point, exactly. This is where the opportunity lies because everybody else is doing the mediocre and just following the norm. And that's where the opportunity lies, to be different and stand out from the crowd. I mean, you, you need to have some, some key uh, descriptive words, you know, for SEO and so forth. You can't be too out there. You've got to have, um, you know, a, a relationship to, uh, to the context. But beyond that, you need to be different to, be, to, to stand out. Um, I would definitely steer away from commonality. Um, um, I mean, obviously, if you're running a, an alcohol course, you'd have the word alcohol in there and, and uh, for, for all those, um, those, those uh, common purposes. But apart from that, I would, I would name it something um, quite different and I would make it very end benefit orientated. Um, commonality equals um, mediocrity um, and mediocrity is the enemy of branding. So look at it as an opportunity to create something different. That would be my advice. Amazing. I'd 100% agree with all of that, particularly the bits about being yourself because, to be honest, it's exhausting trying to be anybody else. How true. How true. (laughs) Pete, if Jackie or anybody else wants to get in contact with you and continue this chat, what can they do? Where can they go? Well, they can go to my website, um, altitudebrands.com.au, or they can get in touch via LinkedIn, uh, or I'm happy to take a call, um, 0402 um, and have a have a um, a complimentary coffee with them. Um, yeah, so any of those ways, uh, they will they will find a way to get in touch with me. I'd, I'd love to hear from them. In all honesty, Peter Ring, CEO at Altitude Brand Strategy. Thanks for joining us and sharing your expertise and advice and answering Jackie's listener question about naming her new program. Pleasure. 
Jackie Chews from Nurturing Your NDIS. Thanks for submitting your question, and it is definitely one that people can draw inspiration on from the answer sooner or later. We all end up needing to find a name for a new product or service, and we can get a little bit stuck. It happens in an existing business while we're still moving forward and we need to make a decision. So now we have some great advice from Peter Ring on that front. Head along to altitudebrands.com.au or search for Peter Ring on LinkedIn if you'd like to connect with Peter and continue the discussion further. Also, I've dropped a link to Peter's LinkedIn profile and website in the show notes for this episode at marketingbuilder.net. That's a wrap for episode 40 and the fourth in our little eight-part listener question series. I'm hoping that these build a great little resource for us all to visit whenever we need some advice and inspiration. Loved this episode? Good. Make sure you don't miss the next one and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever it is you listen to your podcast. I'd also love to hear from you on what marketing you're crushing, or maybe you're finding something a little bit tough at the moment. You might be stuck, or you just want to tell me some amazing work that you've been doing, or you've simply got a question. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Daniel Oyston. That's O-Y-S-T-O-N, or follow Marketing Builder on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Marketing Builder or the handle MKTBLD. Until next time, may your marketing be awesome, and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Marketing Builder. This show was developed, hosted, and produced by Daniel Oyston from Content Grasshopper, the creator of Marketing Builder. Marketing Builder is the easy-to-use, step-by-step card-sorting system for cutting through all the marketing fluff out there and to help you build a marketing plan you are actually on board with. For more information, visit marketingbuilder.net or contentgrasshopper.com.au. Thanks for listening.